1: Destiny.
0: celebrating Father's Day this weekend at all of our campuses online, and I think it's appropriate that we celebrate Father's Day right here with our church service, because Father's Day actually started in the church. In 1910, uh, a a daughter by the name of Sonora said, I want to honor my dad, William Jackson Smart, and she said, this guy raised me. This guy raised me and my 13 other siblings by himself, And she was there with Mother's Day honoring that and thought, there needs to be a day to honor dads. And so she got the pastors in Spokane, Washington to recognize this. And in 1910, they all agreed to preach a sermon and kind of start Father's Day on the third Sunday in June. And she worked at it all the way until 1972 when President Richard Nixon declared Father's Day. And so Father's Day has not been around for very long, but fathers have been around for a long, long time. And uh, I'm glad that we get to celebrate Father's Day. I'm glad that we took time in the COVID world and all the chaos that we've been living in to remember Mother's Day. And now I want to remember Father's Day. And uh, the Bible has a lot to say uh, about fathers, good fathers, bad fathers, things to fathers. I'll give you just a couple. Ephesians chapter six, verse four says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. I mean, that's something that it's right there. Fathers, you're supposed to do this. Don't exasperate them. Don't frustrate them, but raise them in the ways of the Lord. There are scriptures about disciplining. There are scriptures about making sure that uh, you you teach your children. Deuteronomy talks about teach your children when they lay down. Dude, there's, there's responsibilities that are there for dads. And I wanna look at this. And I want to just speak this to dads right now. There are no perfect earthly fathers, okay? We, we, I mean, we honor our dads. I'm a dad. I mean, but we're not perfect, okay? Our heavenly father is perfect, but we are not. And I just want to say real quick, uh, when it, I just read that about don't exasperate. I just feel led to say this. When, when you mess up, and you act like nothing happened, or you excuse away your bad behavior, you are exasperating your children. You are not doing what you're supposed to do. You can admit, I'm not perfect, and then explain how you're gonna change those things, apologize, don't explain away, and realize we're not perfect, but uh, man, we're moving in the right direction here. But our, our loving Heavenly Father, He is perfect, and there's a, an amazing example for us to follow, and I wanna look at a few things there Um And he is our loving Heavenly Father. 2 Corinthians 6, 18 says this, "'I will be a father to you, "'and you'll be my sons and daughters,' "'says the Lord Almighty.'" Grab hold of that. If you're saying, I don't have a good dad in my life, or I don't have my dad anymore in my life, or my dad was absent from my life, we need to grab hold of this. He is our loving Heavenly Father, and he will be there in our life. He's there for us. You are loved by God the Father. Um, Psalm 68 verses five and six talks about this, that God is saying, I will be a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling, a father to the fatherless. I love that, that if you're in a situation right now where you're saying, I don't have a father in my life or he's gone or he was absent or I have wounds and hurts, I want you to understand your loving heavenly father as we honor fathers today we honor our loving Heavenly Father because He is a father to the fatherless, and somebody needs to grab hold of that and say, that's mine. That's mine. I, I needed to hear that. I needed to be reminded of this because He loves us, and He's He's adopted us in as sons and daughters. That's what Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, it says, but when the set time had fully come, God sent His Son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. We are sons and daughters of God. We've been adopted in. And he's like, I am your loving heavenly father. I have an inheritance for you. I am approachable. I mean, some of us wonder, is God the father approachable? He's very approachable. Hebrews 4.16, I love what Hebrews 4.16 says about us being able to approach, and it says this. It says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And and I'm just telling you that this is the opportunity, like, we can come boldly to God. We can say, I wanna come boldly to you. The Bible also says that we can call God Abba, Father. He's approachable, and you need to hear this. Uh, When I was in Israel, I was blown away by this. I was walking down the streets and, you know, I'm just sightseeing in Israel and, you know, we do our teams and when COVID is over, we'll we'll get back to that. I just remember walking down the street and I heard this little boy going, Abba, Abba. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Abba, that's like the Bible, Abba. And he's like, Abba. And also just hit me. I was just watching this little boy say Abba and his dad comes out and picks him up in his arms and that, I was just like, God is approachable. We get to call him Abba Father. We get to have that relationship, that approachable intimacy, and I absolutely love that. We know that the Bible tells us that God disciplines us as children. We don't like to hear that, uh, but he does discipline us as, as children, and and he loves us perfectly. We know this from the Bible. We know this. I, I'm going to read this one, Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 through 11, uh, I, God speaking. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, you'll give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, you'll give him a snake? If then, though you are evil, remember, we're not perfect, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Man, it's beautiful. He's our loving Heavenly Father, the example that we need. And if you don't feel this, I I just can't say enough, Go to our freedom ministry. Go to our free. If there's a blockage there, if there's a wound there, I cannot say strong enough, go there. Get the healing in this because you need to see God as your loving heavenly father so you can heal those wounds and so that you can either move forward in life or be the father you're supposed to be. It's too important. We have to get this right. We have to get this right. Philip uh, Reichen said this, America has now embarked on a foolhardy experiment To discover what happens to a culture in which nearly half of the children do not live with their fathers. One result is that many people do not know how to call God Father, nor do they want to. We've got to change that. We've got to change that. We've got to be the Godly example. We've got to follow this. And I just got to say, pay attention to this. Uh, It's it's just too important. The National Institute uh, uh, or the National Fatherhood Initiative found out, dads, that the number one obstacle that dad said was keeping them from being a great dad or a great father was work. And you've gotta realize you need to work to make a living, but you don't need to work to lose what you love the most. Don't work to lose what you love the most, and, and you ought to love your family and, 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 and say, I need to work, but that's not what it's all about. I have a family that I love and cherish. Almost half the dads said they don't feel adequately prepared to be a dad, and I'm just saying you need to find time, be obedient, own this calling. And I wanna create a new term. I maybe think it's new, but you've heard of soccer moms? I'm sure you've heard of soccer moms. Soccer mom was a term, I think it was 1996 They kind of came up with it. They said there's the suburban mom who has a minivan or an SUV and she's driving her kids to soccer and she has the button of her kids and she's sacrificing and she's making it because it's the kids, 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 soccer mom, soccer mom. Okay, I got a new one for you. Church dad. Church dad. I want us to own it. Church dad. Church dad. You're going to get them to church, whether it's in the building or it's in the living room. You're going to make sure the devices are turned off. They're focused. You're going to fill the car. You're going to get them there. You know, you get a SUV or pickup truck. I don't know. Church dad. Maybe they all have pickup trucks. I don't know. And we'll get the button. Maybe it won't be them. Paid. Soccer be them praising. I, maybe, no buttons. All right. You get the point. Church dad, own it. Raise the money to get them to youth camp. Raise the money to get them on the global team. Raise the money to do the things that they need to do to be spiritually developed because you've got to own this. You're supposed to train. You're supposed to teach. You're supposed to be an example. And so dads, I'm speaking to you right now. We need to own this, all of us, church dads. And if I can give you a resource for everyone, allprodad.com, allprodad.com, started by Tony Dungy. Uh, who was quarterback at the University of Minnesota, was on the Minnesota Vikings as a coaching, defensive coach, then he went and won a Super Bowl with somebody else. Come on, it should have been us. But anyways, he has this allprodad.com, tons of resources there. Uh, Everything I've seen so far has been good, but we have the responsibility to raise up children in the way they should go. We have a responsibility to be a, a father that does the right thing. Early rabbinic tradition... And the writing, the early writings from Jewish writing and rabbinic tradition said there are six responsibilities that a father had to his son. Um, the first one was to circumcise them. Moving on. Second one, they were to redeem them if they were the firstborn son. Thirdly, they were supposed to teach them the word of God, the Torah. They were supposed to teach them. Number four, they were to find them a wife. That was their responsibility. The, the father owned it. They had to teach them a trade. And then some of the manuscripts said, teach them how to swim. I'm not kidding. Teach them how to swim, and although it's a good thing to learn how to swim, um, people were wondering like, why is that? And the theory was this: it really kind of meant teach them the skills that will allow them to survive independently of your help when a problem arises. Like you're not going to be able to swim to. It's like so, you teach them that, but you also teach them to understand they've got to learn skills to survive when you're not able to be there every, but there was responsibility, and there's responsibility on fathers today. There's responsibility, and Ed Cole was a pastor, and I had an opportunity to be uh, under his ministry a little bit. Uh, He preached at our Bible school, was a guest professor. He died in 2002, but he had tons of great advice and, and instruction for fathers. Really quick, I wanna give you five things that a father must give his children. And I'm gonna use the example of God the Father. Remember, he's perfect. Speaking into the life of Jesus, five things. And the first thing is acceptance. You have to accept your children. And if you don't accept them, you reject them. And that creates a wound, that creates a hurt, creates a pain, and they will carry that hurt and pain their entire life. Dads, you need to accept them. Matthew chapter three, verse 17 God the Father, speaking about Jesus. He says, my son, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Think about that. He accepted him. He said, this is my son. You need to accept your sons and daughters and speak that over them. Yes, you are mine. Think about the hurt and the pain when a father leaves and goes away and says, I want nothing to do with my son. Again, freedom ministry is available there. There's healing right now, even as Jesus is ministering to people right now. But your heavenly father says, I'm proud of you. You're mine. When you say yes to Jesus, he says, You're mine. But there's something about accepting. And the second thing uh, Ed said was, You have to give them approval, it confirms their identity. And if you look at the verse, he says, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I'm well pleased. There was approval, there was approval there. There was a a saying, good job, great job. You know, I I approve of you. Um, I'm gonna share a story and and don't call social services, but when when years ago uh, we were watching my brother's dog, his dog was named Max and he was a hunting dog and we'd throw the bumpers out there, and we'd throw them, and, and you know, the you know, dog would sit there, and then you'd go, Max, and then Max would run and get the bumper, and then if it was an up-up, we'd just throw it, and he could be running around, and the kids saw it, and Connor and Logan, no kidding, they said, throw one for us, throw one for us, so I got Max the hunting dog, and then I'd, I'd say, all right, stay, and then I'd throw the bumper, and then I'd go, Connor, and then Connor would run and go get it, and then come back, and Max is like, What's up with this family? That's my job. And then Connor would bring it back and like, good Connor, good. I think they did it just because they wanted the like approval or cheering. And I was cheering them on all the time. But don't call social services. But you get this. I mean, I thank God there was no video phones back then. But there's an acceptance. I I, I am. Or there's an approval that says, I'm well pleased. I'm well pleased. Speak that to the children. The third one is affection. It's more than a hug. More than a hug it's devotion. Affection says, you're not a problem. You're not a burden. I love you. I make time for you, okay? And in the passage there, God the Father says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then he says, whom I love. There is an affection that was there. you get? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. We should be doing this. Now, I want to jump to Luke chapter 9, another time when God is speaking. But there's an association and a sense of belonging, which is the fourth thing, association. There needs to be a sense of belonging that you're in the family. Everyone wants to belong to something, whether it's a club or a sorority or a fraternity or an organization. They just, they, there's, there's a belonging component that's there that says I'm associated. And in Luke chapter nine, verse 35, it says, a voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. There's an association, I have chosen. There's something going on here. We're together, we're connected. And I'm just praying right now that we would, we would find this association. Of, studies have proven that if there isn't that association, if it isn't I've chosen, I'm together. If you're not giving these things to your children... There's suicide, destructive behavior. I mean, there's so many different things. I have a list of, of things here. It says, if you don't have your dad involved in your life, you have a four-time greater risk of poverty. You're more likely to have behavioral problem. You're more likely to go to prison. You're more likely to commit a crime. You're 279% more likely to carry a gun and deal drugs, seven times more likely to become pregnant as a team, and two times more likely to, to drop out of high school. There's something about association. And God's saying we have to give that. He showed that example. And then the last thing is authority. Authority. Dads are an authority. We, we teach and respect. We show honor. And, and God the Father had that uh, authority. He says, listen to him. Listen to him. He, he gives Jesus in that moment. He says, whom I've chosen, listen to him. And then Jesus has this ability to say, I've honored you. I've honored you, Father. I understand your authority Dads are are an authority, and we need to realize that we honor, we teach this, we show this. Now, remember, I talked about Ed died in 2002. Um, This is before 2002, and he said this. If we don't teach our children authority by exercising proper authority, then it's easy for them to be anarchists and for them to become rebels and for them to deny any exercise of authority in their lives. Think about it. We have no regard for authority anymore. Look at America today. He says, uh, and they want to live licentiously, lasciviously, or rebelliously simply because they've never been taught authority in the home. Jesus honored the father. The father says, listen to him and gave him authority. And I don't think our fathers, we realize right now how indispensable our role is. I'm praying right now that fathers would grab a hold of that church dad. I'm a church dad. I'm a church dad. I'm in. I own this. I pray that we'll follow the example of our loving heavenly father. We'll give them acceptance, approval, affection, association, and authority. And we'll live in the way that God wants us to live. So God, I pray right now that you would help us to live in that way, to heal the wounds that are there. And I pray that you would be a father to the fatherless. And then I pray to those fathers out there that they would apply these things and live those in Jesus' name. We honor fathers today, but we want to honor them for more than procreation. We want to honor them for the ability to be in the lives of their children and to disciple them and raise them in the ways of the Lord. Thank you for being our loving Heavenly Father. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.